All right, let's turn to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18 in the Word of God as you're turning there. Uh, just a reminder, pray for uh, Sister uh, Sergeant as she's with the team on the, the missions trip. I think the team will be gone about eight weeks, if I remember correctly, and she'll be gone about three of those. So uh, pray for her, and then please uh, remember their uh, mother in prayer uh, as well. So uh, thank you for praying for them. So Acts 18, and we'll read verses 6 through 13. Acts 18, beginning in verse 6, says this in the Word of God. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he, talking about Paul, shook his raiment and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go into the Gentiles. And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshiped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall sit on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Verse 12, And when Galileo was the deputy of Achaia, the Jews made insurrection with one accord against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, This fellow persuadeth men to worship God contrary to the law. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for being good and merciful and gracious. Lord, you're altogether lovely. Lord, you doeth all things well. And Lord, we can rest and abide in your faithfulness. And uh, Lord, we thank you again for the request that have been mentioned. Again, we thank of uh, Sister Sergeant and the team as they're out uh, sowing the seed and witnessing where they are. Lord, we thank you of those that have uh, sown the seed from this church already this week and, and witnessed to people and gave out tracts. And Lord, I pray that your good hand would be upon that witness, be upon that track, and that as people uh, remember what was uh, spoken of them and as they read the track, the Holy Spirit of God would pierce their heart and open their eyes of understanding. Lord, they would be drawn unto you. Lord, that they'd call us or they'd come, uh, dear God, we pray. So work there. Lord, we thank you for the uh, good uh, praise concerning the missionaries, Lord, uh, uh, the Fair family. Lord, thank you for watching over them and uh, hearing the prayers uh, concerning them. We pray for this man that we would hear about uh, his salvation, uh, dear God. And Lord, that this testimony uh, would uh, uh, make connections and open doors. Uh, for them, we pray. And Lord, uh, we thank you. We thank this one that Sister Judy mentioned about coming on Sunday. Uh, Lord, please, uh, I pray that she'd keep uh, her promise and come, uh, dear God, and that uh, we could be a blessing to her. She could hear your word. Lord, we pray for uh, Donna tonight and Mike. Uh, dear God, your hand of grace upon them. Lord, we thank of, again, Sister Pam and Sonny and Lord, Sister Barnett. Lord, please uh, touch her and help her to heal properly. And uh, Lord, just uh, watch over her and uh, strengthen her and Sister Clark and others, dear God. We commit these, Lord, uh, uh, to your will and to your glory. And now help us, Lord, as we look at the Word of God tonight, Lord, that we grow thereby and you would build your local church. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And so, uh, of course, we see uh, Paul preaching here, Paul witnessing here. I want to talk a little bit about that tonight, right? Because uh, people are spiritual beings, right? And, and so, since they're spiritual beings, they need to hear spiritual truth and allow the Spirit of God to deal with their hearts. Now, uh, we have VBS coming up, of course. And so, 
uh, we're trying to bring uh, some young people in, but uh, we'd like to get our uh, church-wide visitation going again, maybe sometime soon after uh, VBS. You know, uh, it was a time there, you know, when people didn't want them knocking on the doors, but uh, I think uh, we're past that, and so we were going downtown. Uh, David was putting the uh, evangelization together for us, so we got to do some witnessing that way, but we'd like to get back out and do what we're supposed to be doing and, and knocking doors. I'm glad that we all witnessed where we're at. But uh, we'd like to get back out knocking doors again. So talk a little bit, look in the Word of God as some New Testament examples, of course, uh, of Paul and uh, others. They're, they're, they're preaching bit about how to be an effective witness. And it's good to know these verses and other verses. Of course, we think about the verses we use when we witness and given the gospel. Right? Everybody knows the Romans Road and the John and, and these other verses. Those are good, but it's good to know verses where people are actually witnessing and seeing uh, how God used them or, or in what way uh, they witnessed so that when you go out, say, well, Lord, uh, you used Paul in this way or you did this for Paul when he was witnessing, when he was preaching, Lord, do that for me. Lord, uh, you, you used Barnabas in this way. Uh, Lord, use me in that way. And that's the right way to claim the word of God. I mean, if, if he's willing to do it for them, he's willing to uh, uh, do it for you. And so uh, we want to we want to be that witness. But notice here, number six, before we look at some of those other verses, look what uh, notice what uh, Paul said, of course, preaching to some Jews here. Notice what he said to them in verse six. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said to them, notice this, your blood be upon your heads, for I am clean. So we need to realize that. That's the Bible truth right there uh, that uh, it talks about there. What does it talk about us being watchmen? All right, somebody know. All right, what does it talk about? Huh? Yes. I thought you were going to say Job. <laughs> I'm just about to say I'm just about to Right, Ezekiel, remember, it talks about us being watchmen and the blood being upon our hands or not being upon our hands. Maybe he was uh, uh, thinking about that when, uh, when he said this. But he said this, your blood be upon your heads, I am clean. And so we know we have the responsibility. We are debtors, right? Paul teaches that we're, Word of God teaches that we're debtors to those, right? And, uh, and so we have that responsibility. We're in debt to people to give them the truth of the Word of God. And so uh, uh, the Bible teaches and I, that, you know, if we don't witness the way we should and there's people that came into contact with us or people maybe we couldn't have better witness to, that if we don't, then uh, their blood could be upon our hands. Their blood could be upon our hands. But if we gave that effective witness or did our best to witness to them or give a track or uh, somehow uh, have a contact with them, then we can honestly say, like Paul said, listen, uh, if you reject it, your blood be upon you. Uh, my hands are clean. And, but, uh, of course, we, we'd, we'd rather, instead of their blood be upon their head, we'd rather them claim the blood of Jesus. Amen. That's the blood uh, we want to be, to be upon them. But we, that, that shows the grave responsibility and how serious it is uh, about witnessing. And Paul took that serious and he said, listen, uh, I've done everything I can do and uh, uh, you've chosen uh, to reject it. And, you know, that, that should, a verse like that, even though it sounds sad, it can, should also be an encouragement in one sense uh, to a missionary. Sometimes uh, missionaries go places and maybe, you know, they don't see the result maybe they were hoping for, that they thought they were going to see or whatever the case might be. But listen, if they were faithful, 
or you were faithful in the place where God put you, amen, to go out and be the witness God called you to do, then listen, you need to realize, hey, it's no different in one sense than if everybody would have believed or whatever because you did and fulfilled your responsibility. Their blood is upon their hands, so to speak, upon their head, and you're, you're clean because you've done what God told you to do while you were in that place. And so that doesn't mean we take it, again, lightly. I'm sure Paul didn't take it lightly. He always had a heart for his people. But you see, that's a good thing to understand in the area of witnessing. Your blood be upon you. I am clean. But they're only clean if we do what God called us, uh, called us to do there. And notice what it says here in, uh, in verse uh, 13. Uh, it, sa- it says there at the end of verse 12, Right. Uh, they, 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 they came against Paul and they brought him to the judgment seat. Notice what verse 13 says. This fellow persuadeth men to worship God contrary to the law. And look at that thought for a moment. What, what was he doing? It says he persuadeth men. Well, that's what we're called to do. Right? Our job is to try to persuade men to worship God, to know God. And uh, that's a uh, matter of fact, uh, I like the way John 17, which is actually the Lord's Prayer, right? If you turn over there for a moment and notice the first three verses of John 17. In these verses in, in Christ's great prayer here in John 17, you see the great desire of God's heart and his will. John 17, 1, Jesus praying, it says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee, as thou gavest him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life. There it is again, that word, the thought of a gift. Give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Now notice verse 3. This is life eternal. Somebody says, well, what's eternal life? Well, right here it says, this is life eternal. What? <laughs> that thou might, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And so uh, what, what is he praying here? What is this God's desire? What is the desire of Jesus Christ, right? That people would have eternal life. And what is that? That's to know the true God. That's to know Jesus Christ. And so our goal when we go out is to what? Our goal is to persuade men that they might know the only true God, that they might know Jesus Christ and have eternal life. Our goal and desire, right, is to persuade men to this end, right? And uh, notice that word, it says in Acts 18, 13, it says, this fellow persuadeth men to worship God contrary to the law. And so notice that word contrary. We need to realize that what we're preaching is contrary Right. Our message. What does it do? Our message uh, goes against or moves against or uh, is in the opposite direction, if you will, of most teaching, religious teaching being promoted in the world. And so uh, we're always going to be say, well, they're controversial. So, well, that's of course. We're controversial because our message is contrary amen, uh, to the truth. 
right? Uh, I mean, contrary, uh, it is the truth, contrary to what people and other religions teach. So we persuade, amen, not only through our intellect and talent, but by giving a clear presentation of the evidence of Christ and his work. So one, we say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going out. Lord, help me today to persuade somebody. Help me to persuade somebody, amen, that they might know thee, the true God, and worship the true God. So we want to go out with a desire to persuade. We're going to look at several verses here in Acts. Uh, Let me give you a verse in Acts 20. Acts 20, I like what Paul says here in Acts 20 and verse 31. This shows his heart. Acts 20, verse 31, it says, Therefore, as he's getting ready to leave another place, as he's talking to some other people. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, notice what this statement, I cease not to warn everyone night and day, notice it, with tears, night and day with tears. Paul had a great uh, burden for the souls of men. He had a great burden for the souls of men. And I thought about that as I saw that uh, uh, w- w- with tears. You see, it wasn't, he, it wasn't just a mechanical thing. It wasn't say, okay, well, you know, I gave out 10 tracks or I went and knocked doors. Okay, I did my job. Now I can go do something else today. I got that out of the way. No, that's not the way he thought. Amen. It, it meant something to him. He went there with a burden uh, for those that he, he went to. It says night and day with tears. So that's always a good question to ask ourselves. When is the last time someone saw tears in our eyes while witnessing? When is the last? That doesn't mean trying to work something up, but we, but we, we were really trying to persuade them. We were really trying to convince them of the truth uh, of, of the message. And as, as we did, our heart was really in deep concern for them as we were witnessing them. When's the last time someone saw tears in our eyes while witnessing? I got to ask myself as, as, as preaching or, or teaching Sunday school or ministering to someone. When is the last time that somebody could say, hey, uh, uh, that person really cares about those, that one he's talking to or those that he's uh, ministering to? I hope that people can see that in our heart. And that's how we want God, when I go out uh, to persuade people, let me to go out with a caring heart. Let people know that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you have to shed uh, tears, but they can see uh, uh, in your heart that desire that you have true concern about their soul and about their life. So we must warn, say, God help me to warn with a caring heart. Then of course, we know we must rely upon the Holy Spirit. It's probably, again, probably the, the verse, one of the verses I quote the most, 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, again, which says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. But notice how this verse ends. A lot of times emphasize the first part of the verse, but he says this, As ye know what manner of men we were among you, and this ends with this, for your sakes. Everything he did. That's why I like reading uh, Thessalonians. Uh, when I was a missionary, uh, you know, they, people talk about, you know, what's your philosophy of ministry? I always said 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 was my philosophy of ministry because 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 starts off, our entrance unto you was not in vain. What does that mean? Hey, when we came to you, something was accomplished. And so I thought about that as a missionary. Well, Paul says when he went there, something was accomplished. 
Well, why was something accomplished when he went there? And then he talks about, you know, how he, he acted as a father toward them, how he acted as a nurse toward them, uh, caring for them, and how they received the word of God, uh, not as it was as the word of men, but as it was in truth, uh, uh, the word of God. And he talks about how he went unto uh, them. And I said, man, if, if, if we'll go to people like that, hey, we can have an impact. We'll be able to leave there saying, hey, our time spent there was not in vain. We had an impact because we went there in the power of the Holy Spirit. We went there with caring hearts. Everything we did, it wasn't about us. Everything we did was for their sakes that they might know, amen, and be persuaded uh, of the truth. And so remember, when you're going out, you need the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit. You need a compassionate heart. Why? Because for their sakes, amen, they need the truth. They need to see, like we talked about before, that it's real. And then uh, Acts 24, verse 25, right? When uh, we, we go out, here's Paul again. We must be able to clearly defend our message. We must be able to clearly defend our message. Acts 24, and verse 25, as Paul's before Felix there, it says, and he reasoned, and he reasoned, that word reason there means to present intelligent discourse, right? In other words, right, uh, it, 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 he knew how to present it, right, intelligently. So I, I put this down. It means to present intelligent discourse, not for the purpose of proving he was intelligent, which, of course, we know he was. He was a very uh, learned man, right? But he, 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 he gave intelligent discourse again, not for the purpose of proving he was intelligent or just because he was intelligent was he able to give intelligent uh, discourse. But listen, we're there, of course, we're there to help them know. We've we got to remember when we go to people, we're there to help them know, not just show what we know. Right. Some people when they're some people, I mean, I see it in preachers sometimes when pe preachers are preaching or sometimes when people are, are, are uh, 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 teaching a Sunday school lesson or even when people are witnessing. It seems like they're more there to show what they know than to make sure those they're uh, uh, preaching to or, or teaching or witnessing uh, that they should know the truth. But that's not why what it, what it was about. when We talk about intelligent discourse. This the truth of the Bible. It's this. The truth of the Bible comes from what? An intelligent God. <laughs> it comes from intelligent God. We talk about when we talk to people about creation, we talk about intelligent design and those things. Well, you know what? We got this book by intelligent design uh, too. That's why we got this book. We have an intelligent God. So when we give them a clear presentation, when we give them simply the solid truth and teaching of the word of God, you know what we're giving them? We're giving them intelligent discourse, <laughs> right? Hey, I, again, remember, the key to intelligence isn't knowing, uh, uh, knowing all the answers, knowing where to find them. So I'm glad that somebody that's not intelligent like me can still give intelligent discourse, amen, by just giving them uh, the word of God. Just give them the word of God. Say, well, I'm not desperate. That's fine. You don't have to be. The one who wrote this book is intelligent and just give them the book. Amen. You don't need to sit there and uh, uh, like I said, you don't, you don't need to stand up and say, well, uh, if you'll give me a few minutes, I'd like to expound on the theological ramifications, applications of the Abrahamic covenant, how they apply to this dispensation. Do you got time for me on that? No. Uh -uh. Just say, man, I just want to tell you about Jesus. Amen. I just want to tell you about Jesus. And so it says, notice what he reasoned about. Notice what he gave intelligent discourse about of righteousness, temperance, and judgment. And you know what happened? 
It says Felix trembled. Boy, that's what you want. Nothing, amen, like seeing somebody under a great Holy Ghost conviction. That's what God, as I go out today, uh, Lord, I want to persuade men. God, give me the ability to persuade men. Lord, give me a caring heart. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, help me to be able to give a clear, intelligent presentation of truth to the person I'm preaching to or I'm teaching to or I'm witnessing to, Lord, that the Holy Spirit of God might get a hold of their heart and they would tremble at the truth of who you are, that they would tremble at the truth, amen, of their condition, that they would tremble at the truth of what will happen if they should die in their sin without Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And so uh, think about these verses. These are wonderful verses to claim and, and mark in your Bible. And, and, and as, you, as you go out, right, uh, to witness as you go out your day, say, we, you know, maybe you don't have to go through them, but Lord, today I'm going to claim this verse. The Lord, you did this, you used them in this way, and I want to be used in the same way. Uh, uh, looking at Acts 14, you see, because we have the truth, we can speak with total, absolute confidence. Total, absolute confidence. Acts, beginning Acts 14, verse 1. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews. And so spake the great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. And then verse 3 says... A long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done. Because we know that we alone have the truth, we have the absolute truth that we have the very God, we can speak boldly. We can speak like no one else. We can have the confidence that no one has in our message. That word boldly means with frankness. It means without constraint. I don't have to hesitate. You know, well, I wonder if I, you know, I wonder if they know. Hey, listen, if you're just giving the word of God, you can speak without constraint. You don't have to hesitate. You don't have to be nervous about what you're saying because you know you're giving the truth. You know, I don't think they says they spoke boldly. I don't think they had an attitude, but again, they just had full confidence in the message that they were delivering because it came, amen, directly from God and his word. Now let's turn over and look at uh, some verses. We were looking at some things about uh, Paul there and his team. And let's look over at Acts chapter 18. See somebody else come up here. Acts, back to Acts chapter 18. And we're going to look at the, the last few verses. Beginning in verses 24 through 28. And we'll read these. Acts 24 Acts 18, verses 24 through 28 says this, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit. We read some of these verses the other day, but we focused on Aquila and Priscilla. Now we want to focus on Apollos. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. 
And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews in that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. And of course, we know in a, over in Corinthians, we, where they get into that, you know, some say they're Paul, some say they're uh, uh, Apollo. So we see uh, uh, this man's witness here and comes on the scene. So notice uh, what it says about him in verse uh, 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 20, uh, 24. It says, and a certain Jew named Apollos, it says what? He was mighty in Scripture. Mighty in Scripture. And that word mighty means established and skillful uh, with the Word of God as far as you know, what he knew up to that point. <laughs> and boy, what a, what a great testimony uh, uh, to have. To say, listen, uh, that man, that person loves the Word of God. Amen. Uh, they, 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 they're, when they talk about it, uh, they're, ser- they're serious about it. They seem to be established in the word of God. They have full confidence. It goes on to verse, say in verse 25. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in the spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. Again, knowing only the baptism of John. But notice what his testimony was. He was fervent in spirit. God's word, God's truth should burn as a fire in our heart. The word fervent comes, comes from the thought of the sound of boiling water, right? If you don't have one of those ones that whistle, amen, <laughs> you, you wait for that sound, right? And you know that that thing is fervently, uh, 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 fervently boiling. You see, again, God's will and God's word should burn fervently in our heart. And that's a, that's a great thing to, to claim. Again, these aren't verses for witnessing, but verses about how to witness and how you want to be, amen, in your witness for the Lord. Say, Lord, as I go out today, Lord, uh, again, I want, I want to feel, I want to feel that, that, that burn in my heart. And you, you can tell how you feel that day, how the Word of God is going in your, uh, going in, going, going in your heart. You can feel that, that fervency in your heart and say, Lord, and that word diligent means he wanted, he, he, he wanted to get it right. I think when I was thinking about that, there's a word uh, or phrase in, in Bulgarian. It, it, we say this. We say, that means, that means being right on point. That means being exact. You see, uh, 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 this man, uh, he loved the Word of God. He loved the Lord. And he, he, when, when he presented, he was serious about it. He said, hey, listen, he said, I want to get this thing right. He wanted to be exact. He wanted to get it right. Uh, uh, what he was presenting to people. It mattered to him. This wasn't a light thing. When he presented the things of the Lord to people, you know, he wanted, he, he, had, he had what truth he knew was burning in his heart, right? And he wanted to make sure to the best of his ability, though what he was presenting, he was doing his best to present it. And say, Lord, as I go out today, you know, Lord, please, I want to do my best for you. I want to be diligent. I want to, I want to get it right. Lord, uh, please bring, you said you would bring those verses back to my remembrance. Lord, as I witness today, uh, Lord, please help me to find, be able to find the verses. If they have any questions, help me to find those verses. Lord, uh, if there's something I need to say, Lord, please bring those verses back to my remembrance and help me uh, to get it right. And how many of us can give testimony that we've been talking to somebody and you're like, oh man, that, that verse comes and that verse comes, amen? Because it, to your best of your ability, you want to be the best witness you could as you were talking to that person. But notice what happens in verse 
26. And I'm glad the Lord put this in here because you see that there it says he was mighty in scriptures. Right. To the best of his ability, he tried to study the scriptures. He, he, he the, the, the word of God and, and the things that God burn in his heart. He wanted to get things right. But notice what happens in verse 26. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom, because it mentioned there, he'd only known the baptism of John, right? So his knowledge was limited, but you know what? He went with what he knew. He went with what he knew. Boy, how many people have I run to in other countries, right? And, you know, hey, maybe, maybe they didn't, didn't have it all right. But you know what? You, you, there was no doubt that they loved God. There was no doubt they had a heart for God. And to the best of their ability, with what they knew, they were trying to be a witness for the Lord in their community. You got to remember, a lot of these countries, they didn't have the, they didn't have the Word of God for years. Or uh, maybe one person got a Bible. And so you know what they would do? They would divide the Bible up. They'd give people different parts of the Bible. Or, you know, maybe you get this book or maybe you get this chapter, Right. And with what they knew, they went out. You know, if you remember me talking about that uh, village I was at in the Ukraine, somebody found a track. That's all they had. But they read and got saved. You know what they did? They went with what they knew. They gave that track to somebody else. A few more people got saved. Then somebody got a hold of a Bible. And, you know, uh, years later, there's a good church there. Uh, in that village. But listen, they, 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 with what light they had, they shared it to the best of their ability. And we see Apollos was that type of witness. But it, we see, we learned something very else important about him right here. Again, it says, he began to speak boldly, right? Whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them, look, and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. So here's the thing about Apollos. He kept a teachable spirit. He kept a teachable spirit. You know, so many people think they have reached a point where they are no longer the student. Well, you know, I've been saved this long and I've been reading the Word of God this long and all those things, right? And, and they think they've reached a point where they're no longer a student, but they're the giver of information instead of the intaker of information, right? They're the giver of information now. But I've learned this. The best teachers... Keep a student's heart. The best teachers keep a student's heart, right? So the best teachers have a student's heart. So when, right, with, with, with what joy, when someone is convinced through the scriptures, right, what a, what a wonderful thing this is. They keep a student's heart, and so they're able to win their students, right? Hey, listen, uh, it doesn't matter how long I'm in the scripture. I want to keep a student's heart. Hey, if I need to be expounded in the scripture something more perfectly, I want to say, oh, well, good. Show me. If I got something wrong, you know what? I want to know about it. I want to get it. I want to, I want to get it right. And so one thing about Apollos, he, and because you see, because he was diligent, because he wanted to get it right, he wasn't afraid to be challenged on that. He wasn't afraid for somebody to say, hey, are you sure you got that right? Hey, let's look at some scripture here and make sure that you've got that right. That, that's fine. Hey, listen, if somebody cares enough about me, I don't mean they come in with an attitude or they whatever, but they, they truly want to say, hey, can we look at this portion of Scripture together and see what the rightly way uh, uh, to, to divide that is? That doesn't bother me. 
Hey, I remember going into a, 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 a church one time and I, I, I've, been tra- I've been traveling all day and I actually got there late because uh, the person that picked me up at the airport, I was flying into Europe and all this stuff happened. And, and, and I got there to the, at the end of the service and they were giving the altar to call and I looked kind of rough. I've been traveling. I just went straight to the altar. Man, somebody in the church came up and tried to leave me the Lord, Right. And then, you know, then, then he found out I was the one that was supposed to be speaking at the church that night. And he come up. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, brother. I hope I didn't offend you anything. I said, why would I, why would I be offended that you, ca- you came and cared enough about me to find out if I was saved? Why would that bother me? Why would that bother If that would bother you that somebody came and asked you if you were saved, right? No, I thank you for caring enough to, to, to try and verify that. Thank you for caring enough to come, to come down. And here I am at the altar. You didn't know who I was. And you came down and put your arm around me. Why, why would that offend me? I'm glad that you care enough about people that you're willing to find out. You're willing to ask uh, that question. You're willing that if you care enough about that, you want to make sure I know the truth of the Word of God, right? That you would ask me about that. What a wonderful thing that is. I want to keep that type of teachable spirit. I want to keep that type of spirit where I'm thankful that people care enough about me. Do that. And when you see that type of spirit in Apollos, even though he didn't have everything right, he was willing to learn it. He was willing to be teachable, right? It says he was diligently taught. He wanted to get it right, and that helped him keep his desire to learn. I want to get it right, right? But it is not right, right? And remember this, it's not right because I said it. <laughs> Listen, it's not right because I said, well, you know, I'm the pastor, and how dare you? No, I never want to have that type of attitude. It's not right because I said it. It's right because it's the truth of the Word of God. We always listen. If listen, I, 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 hey, have I ever gotten something wrong? I'm sure I've said something wrong, not on purpose. I said something wrong the other day, man, on Sunday school. The other day, they, what was it? You asked about who was the first person or something. And all I heard, I wasn't paying, I'll be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. I just started, and all I heard was Bible chronological, and I yelled, Job. The answer was Enoch. Who got that right? Was that James? Got that right or whatever. Like, man, thanks, James. I feel so. But hey, you know, keep me humble. I need that, right? Thank you, Lord. Amen. But hey, listen, I'm not always gonna. But listen, but that's why we're always here to learn together. We're always here to grow together, and we want to keep that spirit. Especially, listen, it's one thing if we make mistakes among us and we sort of straighten. But when we're witness to somebody that knows nothing. We certainly want to make sure we get it right and give them that right. Answer. And so it says here as we finish up, verse 28, I like this. So it says he went out, verse 27, and when he was disposed to pass, right, to Achaia, Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. Look at this, for he mightily convinced. There's that thought of persuasion again. He mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, what? Showing by the scriptures. You notice what it says there? Before it says he was mighty in scriptures, but he, he wanted to make sure he got it right. He said, listen, listen, don't trust me. I just got corrected back at the last place I was. So let's make sure we're looking at the word of God here. Amen. Uh, make sure you're, you're, you're trusting the scriptures and not me. Amen. I don't want anybody to put their trust in me. I don't care how long I'm in the ministry. I always want the trust in the word of God. You see, Apollos had that type of spirit. Hey, don't trust me. Trust the word of God. And he convinced them. And so convince means to overcome thoroughly 
in disputation. You see, it says with what the scriptures, there's no need to go to other sources. Sometimes people think, well, you know, uh, 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 in, in, in uh, uh, you know, Islam, in their Quran, it says these verses about Jesus. I don't need to go to the, I don't need to go to the Quran to tell anybody anything about Jesus. I don't need to go to the Mormon book to tell anybody about Jesus. I don't need to go to a Catholic Bible to tell uh, anybody about Jesus. Amen. This book will get it Done. I'm going to stay with this book. He says he convinced them through the scriptures. And so what a joy, what, what, a, what a privilege that we have that when someone is convinced, when someone is persuaded, amen, through the scriptures to, to, to understand who the true God is, to understand who Jesus Christ is, to understand that, yes, they can be born again and they can know on this side of heaven they can have eternal life. What a wonderful thing when that happens and what a wonderful thing it is when you're the one that God used. What a wonderful thing it is when God uses you. What, boy, you can look back and say, oh, man, I'm not worthy, but I got to have a part. Amen. God, let me be his vessel today in convincing somebody. God, let me be his vessel today in persuading somebody. Amen. The truth of who uh, Jesus Christ is. And so at least as far as that person is concerned, amen, their blood's not going to be on my hands. I did my best to be an effective witness to me. And maybe uh, they believed or maybe they didn't, or maybe they'll believe later, but at least I did the responsibility that I know I had, amen, to give them that clear presentation of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for them. So some good verses to claim, amen. As you go out, you know the verses that you need to witness, but it's good to have verses that you can claim and say, God, as I go out and give those verses, Lord, I claim this verses, Lord. Help me to be diligent. Help me to be uh, fervent. Lord, help me to persuade. Lord, help me to be filled uh, with your uh, spirit. Lord, uh, always help me to have a, a teachable and humble and learning heart and all the other things that we see in these verses. Let's pray.